Today on The Breakdown, $100,000. It's a lot of money. (laughs) People will kill for that much money. People have killed. People have died for that much money. And today on this show, one of us will die for that much money. That's right. This is just a straight up, we're going to, you're only going to hear it. It's an audio, but you're going to hear a knife fight between me and Grant and the winner. We've each put up $50,000. It is on my current table. Grant, you can please acknowledge that this is true. Please make a sound. Anyway, he's there. He refuses to because, well, I hope he dies. Uh, Not just because that, so that I shall live. Uh, And (laughs) anyway, yeah, we're going to knife fight for this money and the loser will die. And you're going to be able to hear all the grunting, (laughs) all the screaming, the end, the crying of the victor, because there will be sadness. It'll be the end of the show. This is, this will be the last Poker Guys episode ever. It'll have to be. I guess we could get a replacement. You know what? I'm going to replace you. Yeah, okay. See you next week, guys. See you on Thursday with another great... Or Monday, I guess it'll be with another great episode. Don't worry about that. Um, also, we may get to a hand. I'm not 100% sure, but there's a $200, $400 cash game hand, which some very strange decisions are made. Decisions I'm not comfortable with. Decisions Grant is extra emotionally uncomfortable with. And we're going to probably get to that, too. I guess we'd have to do it before the fight to the death. Ah, It's unclear. Let's find out together on The Breakdown with Grant Nesson and Jonathan Levy. Hey. Never know what you're going to get. That's right. It's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. So the, that opening was let's, let's okay. Let's open up the the box of chocolates to the listeners. And, Our and kimono. This is how the opening chocolates. was born. <laughs> yeah, the opening was born because I said uh, one hundred thousand dollars should be the first words out of your mouth. Yeah, and that that's where Jonathan's brain went from from that. I mean, my brain just went to yeah, I'll I'll do that. The knife yeah. fight. <laughs> oh, the knife fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's funny because well, I guess I don't want to give away too much, but the one hundred thousand dollars is. There's, it's a key aspect to it's this a rel- hand. It's relevant to the hand. It's relevant to the hand, yeah. So that's what I was originally going to do, and then I went in a different direction because, you know, that's what happened. Yeah. I don't try. I That is clear. <laughs> I just allow, yeah. you know. I'm a vessel. I'm just a vessel. <laughs> that's what all of the least annoying people say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've got, like, years of audio proof that, that you're it's a true. Vessel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Years of openings. You do, and you're always a vessel in those openings. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in those openings. A vessel for what? I mean, that's for your each person's own individual beliefs right. system, right? Yeah. I mean, but obviously, some version of God. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Everybody can tell. It's yeah. clear. Whatever you personally believe God to be, that would be what I'm the vessel for. Yeah. Right. And if you don't believe in God... I'm the vessel for whatever the most powerful thing you could think yeah, of is. Exactly, exactly. The programmer who came up with the simulation, whatever you want it to be, like, fine. Or maybe but. just like a really big tractor that has a lot of horsepower. That might be more oh, powerful. Well, that's the AI. That would be the AI. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's even better. Even better. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can plow a field. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I have other notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, you, you recently you've been sometimes asking me to chime in in the openings. Yeah, and I've been yeah. refusing. I'm not gonna do that. You never do. That's that. your space, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna intrude in your space. But if I'm asking you to participate, why not participate? Because it's kind of like you're a person with a really bad sleep disorder <laughs> who's like, "Do not wake me up. Do not wake me up, no matter what happens." Yeah. And you're asleep, and and you're like screaming and and like talking about being tortured, and I'm just like, I just can't do it, man. But I I've never said to you, don't participate in the openings. I don't feel that. But you I can't. but I. It's been it's implicit. It's a sacred space. Yeah, it's that's a, true. Yeah. Well, but part of what makes it sacred is me asking you to participate. Doesn't mean you have to agree, but that's part of like I don't think I'm necessarily going to stop asking. Okay. I'm going to ask to whenever it feels relevant. And, and I you, always do mean it. I always do want you to participate. I know. Time. You're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but I never will. Yeah. One other note. Oh, please. Um way to belittle the people who know victims of $100,000 knife-related violence. You know, people have died over this amount of money, and you're just talking about it like it's some it's sort true. of joke. It's true. Like it's, oh, it's a big joke. That is a good point. I didn't yeah. think about that. It's hard to go around and not belittle anyone, <laughs> you know? Said Jonathan Levy. <laughs> I mean... Jonathan uh, Levy, 2022. If I, can't, <laughs> if I can't talk about, you know... Stabbing Grant through the throat with a knife for money. You never said anything about the throat before. Well, that's implied. Okay. It's a sacred space. (laughs) Um, Then, I mean, because I might offend somebody. I mean, and I just feel like, really, my legs are cut off here a little bit. Cancel culture. Cancel culture is coming for you, man. I'm worried about the quality of the openings. I could do, uh, I guess I could do um, a cleaner opening, though, that doesn't have to offend anyone. It won't be as funny. I mean, but yeah, just take good. your cue from Jim Jim Gaffigan, the clean comedian. You know, just talk about how you eat too much ice cream and it makes you mm. fart or something. I might do that sometimes. Yeah, I you know back when I was doing the non-offensive openings to anyone, like the I tell the story about like the spaceships like being at war with each other. You know, in a, a, you don't a think that's offensive fight. to anybody? <laughs> oh God, darn it! Um, how about <laughs> yeah? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Have I ever done it? Is it possible to do an opening that offends no one? I don't know if no it's possible what. for you to say a word that doesn't offend Let's anybody. Just, let me Okay, let me just try a sentence right now. Let's okay. see. Peanut butter is something some people choose to spread on certain sandwiches. Yeah, why way to bring up the allergy that kind of ruined my childhood. <laughs> like, sure, they might choose to spread what? it on things, but I don't have to hear about it every day, do I? Do I have to hear about how I didn't get to go to camp in 20 20- 12 because I couldn't go there because they had peanut butter. 2012? When I went to camp. <laughs> <laughs> you were pretty old. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you don't have a peanut butter allergy. No, I do you? not. Okay. But I was just, I was playing the other role. No, I understand. I just couldn't tell because I was thinking as soon as you said that, I was like, have I ever seen Grant eat peanut butter? And I was like, I don't think I have. I've known you for a very long time. Yeah. I'm not a, a lot of time with I'm you. I'm not a huge peanut butter fan. It's true. Huh. So maybe you are a little offended by the peanut butter no. set. But you, you could see the point that I'm making that somebody could take that in an Even they could like, like, here we go again with the peanut butter. Right, like, I get th- I'm, I'm just trying to live a normal life, and I, <laughs> this gets thrown in my face on a daily basis. Mm. You know, peanut butter here, peanut butter there. Guess what? I didn't have a childhood. Thanks. I sort of want to tell a story that is dark and real. Don't do it. Okay. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. It would bring us all down. I just saved you. <laughs> it was true. It was a true story, but I won't do it. I think it I wouldn't offend up, anybody. I think I can come up with an unoffensive sentence. Okay. Nah, it's, it's actually impossible. If, if, you can you take, if you can take the other side, it's very easy. What were you going to say, though? The first thing that came to mind, which is clearly not going to win, was the sun is, is in the sky. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's an easy one. Yeah, I know. Holy moly. Like, a solid, like, 12% of Americans would be very upset 
you know, that you say that and like think it's unoffensive, probably. Well, it's also technically incorrect if you're oh if, if oh you, I didn't if think you about believe that. if you believe in the heliocentric theory of of our yes. galaxy and, right. and our solar system. It's not in the sky; it's in yeah. space, and we can see it in our in our atmosphere. This is cool. This is one yeah. of the few times you'd get like the flat earthers and like hardcore scientists <laughs> on the same page in agreement. So the sun about, is in the about s- where the sun is. So the sun is in the sky is actually <laughs> offensive to everybody. <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah. Like, eight-year-olds might be down with it, though. Yeah. They'd be like, it is in the sky. And you'd be like, you're so stupid, but you're cute because you're yeah. eight. I like eight-year-olds. They're fun. All right. What if I were to say... <laughs> yeah. What if I were to say, pillows are soft? Hmm. So just going straight factual, pillows are soft. I, that's a tough one to be upset about. Yeah, I might have found one. Yeah. Um... Pillows are soft. Because isn't like you're even... That's a good one. I think that may be good. Cool. All right, we did it. I feel safe now. <laughs> All right, so anyone who was offended before can't be offended now. Right, because we said. did the pillows are soft thing. <laughs> exactly. And if you are offended by pillows are soft, I do want to hear about it. Yes. Your concerns are important to me. Tag your tweets. Yeah, about pillows. Yeah. And how they're soft. Uh, okay. Cool. Okay. We did that. A pillow... A pillow, a hard pillow killed me. (laughs) (laughs) So a dead person is upset? Hard pillow killed my mom. Uh, Yeah. See, that's something people could be upset about. Because that probably did happen. Not a hard pillow, but a pillow, right? Yeah. For sure. Some moms have died because of pillows. Yeah. There you go. You found a way. Now I feel bad (laughs) that I said that. I'm like, oh, God. Someone may be, someone's listening may have had that experience. Yeah. Having a podcast is great. Um, (laughs) No, actually, Mostly it is. We, we've never had any issues like that. No, we haven't. Somehow, even with Jonathan Levy on the mic. It's amazing. That, I mean, I guess some people have been upset with things we've done, but that's only when we attack them directly. <laughs> oh, you mean like Matt Berkey? <laughs> yeah, Matt Berkey and um, what's his face? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. The attack them directly seems a little strong. I agree, but I'm saying from their point of view. Yeah. They feel like we're attacking them directly. I, I wouldn't say that, but that's fine. Anyway, moving on to fine. other things. Fine, we'll move on. Great. Great, great, great. Great. I want to I wanna actually dip into some of our more bread and butter type things. And I'm, I'm sorry to offend people by talking about butter. And bread. Uh, and bread. What about gluten? The gluten-free. You're right. Um, but, okay, so <laughs> yeah. I think an interesting thing has come up on our food fight. Oh. Uh, I think it was a good question. Some, some people ask questions because they want to start these food fights. And Chris Jones, I believe it was. I'm not finding it right now. But Chris Jones, who is a member of the Rec Poker podcast, right? Yes. Um. He asked, what's the best Girl Scout cookie? I think that's a, good, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like that's there's only a few possible answers, right? I mean, I yeah. guess there's only two Girl Scout cookies I would even consider eating, right? Which are? Samoans and Thin Mints. Samoas. Samoas, yes. excuse yeah. me, and Thin Mints. Yeah. Um, so we're already down to two. What are the other ones? <laughs> I have no idea. Because I said, I actually responded with Samoas. And yeah. I also said anyone who says Thin Mints is 12. I mean, Thin Mints are pretty good. I don't know what the answer is between those two, but they're both really good. I'm gonna, I, oh, tag-alongs. What is a tag-along? Is that like uh, I don't know. I'm going to look up all the Girl Scout cookies right now because I need to know what the deal is. All right, I'm, lo- I'm looking at an image with all the different cookies in them. And a tag-along is unclear. God, they've got a lot of cookies. They have something called Adventurefuls. They don't look good at all. <laughs> these, uh, these cookies, I mean, Girl Scout cookies aren't that amazing. Can we just all just agree with that? Can we all agree? Indulgent brownie-inspired cookies with a caramel-flavored cream and a hint of sea salt. That's Adventurefuls. 
Ah, sea salt is very trendy to put with it chocolate. And it's good. It's good with chocolate when done well. Here's other cookies that they have. Oh, they have peanut butter patties. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah. Crispy cookies layered with peanut butter and covered with a fudge coating. I mean, that sounds pretty all right. Now, yeah. you, don't, you hate peanut butter and are offended by people who bring it up, but I still think that sounds good. They have lemonades. Savory slices of shortbread with a refreshingly tangy lemon-flavored icing? I don't think so. I don't know if that... That one sounds like a bottom-of-the-barrel one. Maybe go back to Girl Scout, whatever, camp. Yeah. Yeah. Headquarters. Girl Girl Scout, like the baking section of the Girl Scouts, because that's where they make the cookies, right? Go back there and, and, and figure out something else. They have a shortbread. They have a peanut butter sandwich. They have a caramel chocolate chip, which, eh, it's like a hard chocolate chip cookie. How good could it be? Um... We're back to where we started, right? Thin yeah. Mints and Samoas. There's a Caramel Delight, but it doesn't look that good either. <laughs> anyway, that's a lot of time we just spent. Yeah, on that was the that. point. By the way, if you go to the Girl Scout Cookies uh, of South Carolina Mountains to Midlands uh, website. Oh, I love that website. They have a history of the Girl Scout cookie, which I, is the page I'm currently on. So that's pretty exciting. I mean, somebody wants to know. When was the first known cookie sale by Girl Scouts? What year? I have it right here. 1954. You are off by a lot. 1991. 1917. Wow. You went the wrong way. So, bad job. Yep. Uh, let's see if there's anything else interesting. Nope. There's not a lot happening on the Girl Scout. Why do people buy Girl Scout cookies, really? They're overpriced, and they're only pretty good. It's Can not, we do better? It's not... Because people work in offices. It's not right. the thing that you they're think. forced to do Yeah. It. It's like the person comes oh, in, they're like, my kid's selling Girl Scout cookies. Who's signing up? Right. And then yeah. if you have kids, you sign up because then you get to call in the favor later and everyone gets to be here to their kids. Yeah. So that's a win. Um, and if you don't have kids, you just feel kind of peer pressured into it a lot, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and imagine when the people bring their kids to the office, which they do. Right. How do you say no to the like the six-year-old kid? Right. And that actually works outside of grocery stores and yes. stuff, too. The six-year-old kid being like, excuse me, you want to buy like, some cookies? Of course. Here's two fifty or whatever. And you're like, what do I care? I mean, and the fact is... No, so it's a lot more expensive good. than that. Like, what? They cost a lot of money, I think. Like, what do you mean? They, they like upcharge them because it's for the Girl Scouts. So sons of bitches. I think it's like 20 bucks for <laughs> no. a packet. No, 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 no. I got to find this out right now. That can't be right. Maybe I'm wrong. 20 bucks? No way. Maybe it's seven bucks. Even seven bucks sounds like a lot. But maybe $2 is like in the 80s. A $5 a package. Okay. And they have gluten free, a gluten free flavor, which is $6 a package for all you grain heads out there. <laughs> grain heads? <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't you mean the opposite of yeah. grain heads? Well, a grain head could be someone who really cares about grains. And so they are picking carefully. They don't want, they want spelt. They don't want gluten. Yeah. Boy, spelt is rough. Um, Five dollars a package, so that feels like a little pricey for what you're getting. There's so many good cookies. As we've talked about Oreos, you can get Oreos for like three fifty. Why would you get Girl Scout cookies? It always comes back to price with you. I mean, Oreos are better than any Girl Scout cookie, are they not? I think they probably are. They yeah. are. Um, I will say that you know the Thin Mints are a nice like. Samoas are good. They're, yeah, those are good too. Yeah, those are both really good, and they're a nice change up, but. I mean, come on. Is it possible they've renamed... Nope, there they are, Samoas. Are Girl Scout cookies the second most popular cookie after Oreos? Is that possible? I don't think so. Okay. I say no, but let's try and find out how many Girl Scout cookies get sold in a year. That would be lovely to know. I'd love to know that. What do you think the answer is? How many boxes of cookies do Girl Scouts sell? This is as of January... Per year, this is as of June 14, 2021. In, In America, I assume. That's probably mostly where they sell them. I would assume it's all in America. 
Uh, per year. Ooh, got to do a little quick yep. thought here. This is an exciting way to So there's like 320 million people in the U.S., yeah. something like that? something like that. Let's say 20 million boxes. Here's what I'm going to tell you. At the, in, at the end of the year, they have 15 million boxes left unsold. Wow. So it's going to be more than 20 million sold. So it's like 200 million? It is ex- 200 million. As a, that's, that's the number. Wow. That's quoted here. That was back when they were $4 a box in t- mid-2021 before inflation hit, I guess. So they were making, they were selling $800 million worth of cookies a year. That's that impressive. Is a, that is the only reason to have the Girl Scouts is so you can sell these cookies. I yeah, think. what are the Boy Scouts doing to make money? It's not that. <laughs> Nothing. Pancake breakfasts. Did, were you a Boy Scout? I was a Cub Scout and yeah. quit after a week. Cool. I so, made my mom buy the uniform, and then I quit. She was very upset. That's a very Jonathan Lovey story. Yep. And, but I'm sure you looked adorable in the uniform. I'm sure and, I did. Anyway, did you, were you at least aware of pancake breakfasts that the Boy Scouts did? That was a thing that I did as a Boy I Scout. I mean, I've heard about it, but I wasn't really... It's just like, instead of going to breakfast where th- people know how to cook, you, <laughs> you go to a place where the Boy Scouts of the local area have gathered, and they will make you pancakes. They won't do anything, really. Like, the batter is made for them. Right. And, and these eleven year olds or whatever will like pour the batter on a griddle and flip the thing and make pancakes and then you get to eat it and you had to pay like ten bucks to be there. Hmm. That's the Boy Scout pancake. And you, but you, it's like all you can eat, right? I think so. I think so. So there's that. And I think there's also just like trays that actual people who know how to cook have made of sausages and bacon and stuff like that right. that are available. It's a big community event, yeah. basically. Right? But that can't make as much money as the Girl Scout cookies. I mean, no way. Yeah. Not even close. But I, I remember going door to door trying to sell like entry to the, the pancake breakfast. That was one of my Boy Scout jobs was to do that. Yeah. They really take advantage of kids. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, anyway. That's what's going on here. Let's go to the... Let's talk about the hand of poker instead okay. of these things. Sounds we, good. We already, we already talked about everything in the known universe. I'm pretty sure. Like, this might be the podcast that ends the poker guys, but not because of the knife fight that may or may not happen, but because we actually got to the end of topics. May or may not happen. Are you bailing on it? You're bailing on the fight? I don't see any knives. You won't. You're all blustered. You're, you threaten me with a knife fight three to five times a day. You and won't we have see yet the knife, knife fight. Until you look in the mirror and it's sticking out your you, neck, same, bro. This is the same shit you say every time. <laughs> every time. You won't see the knife until it's sticking out your neck. Do you eyeballs. practice in front of the mirror like every night? Do I sound, do I sound good? <laughs> you sound good. You sound like I believe yeah. you this time. That's Even though it's been... You're, you're the boy who cried wolf a million times, but still. It doesn't matter if, I, if you believe me. Yeah. I can, I can do it forever. It's great. Anyway, so... If you're not going to fight for the 100K, you have to forfeit some of it. That's the deal. No. Anyway, let's get to the hand. Fine. Ryan S. suggested this hand on Discord. Nice job, Ryan's. Uh, Ryan space S. Ryan's. Okay, multiple Ryan's have suggested this hand on Discord. Maybe. Perhaps. Uh, Of course, there is a link in the description to our Discord. Wesley Cannon is going to do the solver analysis on this hand. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a look at that after we do our analysis, come back at the end of the podcast and talk about that. Uh, If you want to see Wesley's full write-up, go to our Discord. Use that link to sign up for our server. It's free, and it's a fun place to be, and you get to talk about this hand or anything, or, you know, that that whole Girl Scout discussion, Girl Scout cookie discussion came out of, you know, the food fight section. What if if our listeners are blind, some of them? How would they be able to see the write-up then? Going to the Discord isn't going to help them. I don't know. There might be some sort of an extension that you can get for Discord that helps blind people read Discord. I, I assume Discord's sure. big enough that there is. I'm sure 
that there's extensions for all that stuff yeah. that would read any page for you. How yeah. do you not know that? So why would you ask the question? If you... I was just it was seeing what you didn't didn't know and what your twisted warped mind <laughs> would come up with, and it was it was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> you canceled me yet again. You got me again, Lovey. Yep. Every time you just try. I don't need to try. I just. I just see it. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, all right. Let's go. All right. This is a $200, $400 cash game hand with a $200 big blind nanny. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest. I have no clue who these players are. Yeah. They have a lot of money in front of them, but I've never seen them play before, and I don't know. I haven't heard of them. We're going we're gonna to learn something almost immediately about one of the players. Though. Yes. Um, but they play a very interesting hand. Yes. And that is why we are doing it for the And it's game. high stakes. Yeah. All right. So this player is named Brick. You know, like the thing that you make your house with. I think that's probably not his real name. That's probably just the name he gave for the stream. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But he chose Brick. He's got $97,000 in front of him, and he's under the gun. And immediately, we're going to make some assumptions because he's going to limp with Ace of Spades, Queen of Clubs under the gun. Really? Yeah. Okay. So besides he's probably an amateur, what, what assumptions do you make about this player, including what it means if he might be a pro, if he limps? Wow, that's a big, big, big question. Yeah. Um, okay, so I would say I wouldn't expect most pros to limp at all. So when someone does that, I immediately assume they're an amateur. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean it's always true because, like you said, it can be a pro. If a pro's doing it, they're going to have, they're almost going to have no folds if they're limping under the gun. You would think. I yeah. would think against a normal raise, um, even if you size it up a little bit. They're going to have no folds. They're going to have. Uh, probably a fairly balanced diet of three bets and calls, and they're going to have... It's going to be like a well-thought-out range, is my guess, if they're if they're doing it. Yeah, and as we see, like we, we don't know that Brick is an amateur just because he limps here, but he does have a hand that he is not folding to a raise, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but generally, you're going to assume that's an amateur. Yeah, because, like, you, like, why would you limp this hand? Like... It's a weird it's a weird hand to limp, especially under the gun, right? Well, or really anywhere. It's actually kind of interesting because it doesn't really fit in the category of the type of hand that I would expect an amateur to limp under the gun. That's true. I would like mostly six, expect seven them suited. to yeah, to limp like small pocket pairs and suited connectors. That's true. Maybe like ace five suited type hands. I mean, the more amateur you get, you'll see some of them limp ace king also and stuff, right? But okay. not that often. But yeah. not not as a trap. Like cause they have because they gotta see the flop. First, right. You know, they're just trying to see a cheap flop. Right. So it's interesting, and I, I wonder if it has any strategic value. I don't know if we could come up with what it would have right now, but I mean, like... Nothing comes to mind. I mean, we're just going to play a pot where we're letting the whole table up to the button be in position against us for almost free, and then the big blind gets to see a, the flop for free, and the small blind gets to do it very cheap. Yeah. This hand doesn't want to play, like, a big multi-way pot. It's ace-queen off. Yeah. Like, I just don't know what we're doing, unless we have a plan with it, which right. we could have. Um, long-time listeners will know that at one point, Jonathan and I did devise a balanced uh, limping strategy. Yes, we did. That then was fun. It ended up including like 12% of the total range that we were playing or something, something like, like that. that yeah. Um, which And it was cool. But we both tried to implement it for a couple months while playing live poker, and it didn't come up that often. I was always like hoping to get a limping hand, you know? But it's really hard to first be open limping, right? Yes. You have to first have that hand in an open limping situation. And then, like, all of the game tree derivations didn't really happen all that often. Like, we had our limp three-bet light hands and stuff that, like, it's, I don't think it happened more than once to me that I got to limp three-bet light. 
you know. Oh, I, I, oh, Limb Three Bit Light. I only got to do that once or twice too. I I remember I, we were doing it back when we went to Tahoe for the World Series of Poker Circuit events. Yeah, that whole series. And so I remember doing it in those events. Right. And like, it definitely threw some people off. Like I remember limping with queens under the gun. Had like the button just limp all. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Like four ways now. And then the big blind shoved. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is why we do the game. Yeah. Was, and I got to like, you know, call and everyone folded and they had pocket eights and they were just out. And I was like, oh, they were never going to put all their chips in. I don't think if I had opened under the, under the gun and they had like 12 blinds, they yeah. might call, but they're never going to, sh- they're very rarely going to shove. Yeah. You know? um, so I like got more chips than I otherwise get. Yeah. Like that's pretty neat. Yeah, I have no idea if it was a profitable strategy or not. Yeah, obviously it didn't include very much of a range, and queens just happened to be part of it. And yeah, certain it, it was certain queens. It was, it was yeah, it had to be certain queens. And it was queens of the same color, I think, is what it was. I think we actually had a system where we varied it day to day type of really? thing. Yeah, where we switched it up based. I don't remember I don't exactly remember how it worked, but anyway, Whatever. it was been it's been like four or five years since we did that. Yeah. It was fun to devise, uh, like what we what we thought was a balanced limping strategy. Yeah, it was late 2017. That's yeah. when we were doing it. Yeah, but we are not currently using nope. that. Nope, don't need to. No. Just don't need to. But it would be kind of fun to try again. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're playing up against really good players, that makes it more interesting, right? Yeah. If you're up against bad players, I just don't know if there's a lot of value in it. Yeah. Like, just raise. Yep. Anyway, so we do have a limp. Yep. We okay, limp. that happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens from it. All right. Ace of Spades, Queen of Clubs is the limp by Brick under the gun. Yep. Our other player in the hand is Nick B. I have not seen this player before. He's not Nick Vertucci. It's Nick B, not Nick V. Yep. Uh, he's got $118,000 in front of him. He's got ace, jack of clubs on the button, and he's going to raise, which is not a surprise. Nope. Makes perfect sense. Makes it 1500 Is this enough? I mean, we're not getting a fold from the under the gun. As long as we know that, we're, yeah. just, we're really just doing isolation play with a good hand in position. If that's it's a, enough that's to, fine. to fold out the majority of the big blinds range, then that's pretty good. I would say it is. I would yeah. say the two blinds are almost always going to fold. We're almost always going to see a flop heads up with the initiative with a good hand on the button. Like, sounds great. Yep. So I think this is a perfectly fine size for that. Right. All right. So here's another indication that it's possible that Brick is an amateur. And it's yeah. not the action that he performs, but how he performs it. Yep. So... Here we go. This is probably a better action than calling, but he's going to three bet, right? This is probably a superior action to calling. I don't know if I agree with that. You don't think so? No. Let's let's talk about that in a second. Let's talk All about right. what happens first. So he wants to make it $5,400, and what he does is he says raise, and then he puts out a 5,000 chip, and then reaches back and puts 400 more out. Yeah, that's where now we can know he's probably not played a lot of live poker. Right. Now, you could say maybe he's an online guy, right? Sure. Because cause that's not a thing you would ever have to think about if you were playing online. Right. Um, but of course, when you say raise and put out one chip and the chip is a legal raise, that is the size of the race. And that's Mm -hmm. just the rule everywhere, everywhere, always. Right. Um, so it has to be explained to him that that's a string raise. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately the table or his opponent or something lets him put in the other 400. It has to be his opponent. Yeah. So he ends up putting in $5,400 instead of 5,000. So that, that means he's certainly not a well-seasoned live player. We know that. Honestly, the fact that his opponent, it's uh, Nick in this case, right, lets him do it, also points to the fact that he thinks this guy doesn't know what he's doing, right? Yeah. Because why would you let him bloat the pot more if you don't... Like, if Garrett did that, he'd be like, sorry, Garrett, it's 5000 yeah. right? Like, I'm not going to let you make it, put even more of my right. money in there, right? Even though it's only 400 bucks, like, whatever. Yeah. So, so, so there's that. Um, so that's one thing that really points to him being probably an amateur, yeah. right? Another thing that points to it, though, and this makes me think he probably isn't an online thing is i really question the sizing here like 5400 you think it's not big enough i think it's clearly not big enough. you need to make it like 7k ish yeah. yeah like if we're trying to get a fold which aren't we 
I think a fold is a good outcome. I think we can get called and be okay, too. Not that often. A yeah. little bit. There's not that many hands that can call us, and we're in great shape. I mean, playing ace-queen off out of position in a deep stack situation is, is a, a, it's not a nightmare, but it's not your favorite thing in the world mm-hmm. in, in a poker situation, obviously. Not your favorite thing, for sure. Um, I just don't know what, like, what are we hoping to get called by? I can think of a few hands. This is one of them. Maybe ace-10 suited, king-queen suited. What else? Well, hands like pocket pairs that raised, uh, we're going to get to win on a lot of flops against. That is true. We are. We are. Um, But, you know, but now we're seeing a flop against them. And, okay, like the pocket sevens are get to see the flop. I mean, pocket, maybe it doesn't matter how we size it because we're just too deep. Yeah. Right. But then I don't know why we're raising at all. Like, just to take the initiative? If we're trying to take the initiative, why not just open under the gun? Well, maybe this is like... This may be unfair to Brick. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think the string raise thing is really kind of influencing both of our views of Brick I and agree. making us think he's potentially more amateurish than he is, or at least coding he's... him in a paint of amateurism. Yes. Um, which I think is fair from our perspective, but also might ultimately be unfair to him. We don't really know because this is our only experience of seeing Brick play. Correct. Um, but it feels like Brick thinks that this is a monster, right? Is what, like, if you add the string yes. raise along with the fact that he's doing it with kind of a strange hand to, to, limp, to choose to limp re-raise. It feels like he thinks this is like a nutted hand mm-hmm. pre-flop, which it is not. It's a very good hand, but it's not one that you're like begging for action with in a three-bet situation. In no way. Yeah. In no way. So I, I, I agree with you. That's absolutely what it feels like, and I think that's problematic. Like yeah. We don't have aces. We don't have kings. We don't have ace-four suited. We have something in between all of that. Yeah. That, to me, plays really well now that we've decided to limp as a call. Sure. I mean, calling creates some cool stuff down the line. Like, yeah. you, you can flop a good ace that's beating your opponent, and, like, they're not going to put you on it. That's pretty sweet. I mean, it's amazing. Like, what does it look like Brick has if he limp calls here? It looks like he's 9-10 suited, pocket eights, stuff like that, ace, right? Maybe stuff like ace-8 suited, right? Yes, yeah. but not ace-queen. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, now we're raising. We're actually over-repping our hand. Uh-huh. We're out of position. Yep. This guy isn't going to fold. He's definitely going to see the flop Yep. because the way we sized it. I don't know. That all seems really problematic. I would rather just, you know, raise normal preflop, probably get a call on the button mostly, and then we have the initiative and the pot smaller, and that's all good. But whatever. I just, I just don't like this three bet. What do you think? Can't help but agree. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, think, I think you're right about those things. Cool. So Nick does call. I mean, he obviously has to. He has ace jack of clubs. I mean, there's nothing. Like, they're, I mean, break is the effective stack with $97,000 in front yeah. of them, right? Like, you just, they're just way too deep. To even even ace jack off, I think you have to call. It um, sucks, but I think you probably do. If Brick made it seven k, you could probably fold ace yeah. jack off, which is you know a bad result for Brick actually for if making you, it seven k. I guess if you think Brick is really tight and makes this play, we could fold ace jack off yeah. pretty comfortably. But I think even if we thought Brick was tight, we'd probably have to call ace jack suited here for this price yes. with the amount of money that's back. Right? I definitely agree with that. So if we know Brick doesn't really know what he's doing and he's doing all sorts of weird stuff, we a hundred percent have to call with any ace jack. Yep, <laughs> and probably ace ten too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Nick does call. Yep. And you should call a doctor, which is Jonathan's favorite transition uh, into the ad. Yes. When you sign up for nitrogen, you are going to die. <laughs> well, what good is calling a doctor going to do then? Uh, oh, the, the, do you guys not have the type of doctors that cure death? We do not. And oh. when you say you guys, who, H- humans, <laughs> humans of Earth? Yeah. No, we do not. Oh. What? what where are you? What oh, are you talking about that? Can we cut that part of the podcast that where I said that thing? That we, yeah, we, no, that we'll, cut, we'll, we'll cut this whole thing part out right here. But tell me where you're from that you're talking to human as Earth as, uh, as the other. Oh, um, I'm from Earth 2.0. <laughs> 2.0, not Earth 2, Earth 2.0. Yeah. So it's like an upgraded Earth. 
We think of it that way, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have doctors. You actually call it 2.0? We have doctors that can cure death. <laughs> How is it not an upgrade? <laughs> so do you guys actually yourselves call it Earth 2.0 while no, you're no, on no. the Earth? No, but I've been on Earth 0.5 for long enough. <laughs> 0.5? Is there a point? Is there a one? Somewhere? Oh, yeah. It's way better than this place. How many are, is, are there like other like variations in between? Like, is there a 1.1, 1.1.22 and stuff like that? No. Or is it just like no, 0. 0.5, 1, 2? Is that it? There's only a 0.5, a 1, and a 2. Okay. And we only call this 1.5 because 1 is where the, what we call the original humans are from. Yeah. And, and so it's all from their perspective. And so it's like yes. how much worse or better than their place is the other. Earth. So if 2, you can cure death, that's definitely better than what we have here on 0.5. Yeah. What do they have on 1 that's better than 0.5? That's so obviously better well, than 0.5. Well, they can 1. cure 5. cancer. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's but, good. but not death, right? So like, How about death from cancer? Well, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Anything else or is that it? That's most of it. It's oh, all, okay. It's yeah. all just pretty much the cancer. And they have, research. actually, they have the really good Girl Scout cookies that you guys don't oh. get, which are really a lot better. Mm. They have Pinglings. Yeah, that's a really good Girl Scout cookie. I can't even tell you what it's made of because of copyright issues. Yes. No, it's um, fine. Yeah, we have the even better ones. We have Boy Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> those, are the good, those are the really good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, call one of those Earth 2.0 doctors. Yeah. Uh, to save if, you. If you have access to that, which congratulations if you do, that means you are in the rarefied air and it's wonderful for you. Um, because of nitrogen being so amazing that you might just kill over right there. Because <laughs> this is an ad for nitrogen sports. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need to call the doctor because you know it's good stuff that happens. We're, we just did a March Madness bracket. We yes, do promotions we did. all the time. Our our monthly tournament is our main promotion. We're always doing that the last Sunday of every month. Um, there should be, by now, a schedule of that pinned on our Discord, so you can know exactly what days that's happening. Excellent. Of course, yeah. they have sports betting. They've got casino games there as well, along with the poker, along with this incredible Poker Guys monthly tournament, Yeah. among other things, plus regular rando free stuff like this free NCAA bracket tournament, which we just did, all sorts of stuff. You're a fool not to be part of it. Wake up! I mean, Nitrogen has been our sponsor for five years. Yes. And I feel good about it. You know, like mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where we had a sponsor for five years and it was like, uh, well, the golden handcuffs. I don't really like these guys and it kind of sucks. But like, but nitrogen is, is like legit. It's cool. Yeah. Like, and so it's nice to still be sponsored by them. And it it's is nice great to talk about it because these promotions are actually really good. They and are. They're wonderful. A, and nitrogen, those guys are solid, man. Yeah. They're super solid. And they pay you out in 90 minutes or less. Yep. So it's a good deal. It's Bitcoin, baby. All right. We'll see you there. Use the link. In the description, when you sign up, where you don't get access to all that stuff. Cool. We will see you there. Earth 2.0 will win all the pots, of course, because we are better at everything. Um, you know, like Vogel sayings from Earth 2.0. You know that, right? I I didn't know Earth 2.0 existed. But I didn't know Earth 1.0 existed. As soon as you as Earth soon as 1. you knew that that Earth 2.0 existed, though, you could assume certain people who are really good at stuff. I think that's just you looking at it through the lens of all the understanding that you have about this stuff. Yeah. For me, I'm looking at it through my caveman eyes. Right. You know, it's harder. Right. Like, to me, all fire is bright, just sun. It just looks like the sun to me. I can't distinguish anything. Fire looks like the sun? (laughs) Sure. Okay. Yeah, you can't even understand where I'm coming from. That's my point. So if you went to somebody's house and they were having a party that included, like, I'm not Mm. saying camping because I know you would never go camping because that would have been my go-to. So let's assume you went to a party at somebody's house and in the backyard they have a fire pit. Yeah. And would you go to the host and be like, how'd you get the sun in your backyard? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I probably wouldn't say that out loud. 
But you would think, you would think <laughs> I'm not sure what I would think. It would you be just kind of like scratching your head and kind of like looking at it, glancing at it the whole night, just like? like but they, they, but it is the sun, right? It can't it be. It, but it can't be. It yeah. can't be. So it's not. Because the sun's all. Well, the sun's not in the sky right now because it's dark. You, so maybe it came down here. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'd probably do? I'd probably go up to whoever was hosting, but like compliment them on their like incredible illusion that they've done. You know, mm. like what an incredible, what a beautiful. And give them a, 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 a give them a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and then just like <laughs> yeah, everyone else, like you got the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. But I, we know it can't be right. Yeah, right? I mean, it isn't, is it? <laughs> classic. Is it that's a classic drop. How did you do interaction? It? Yeah. yeah. Class. <laughs> Pretty much every party, I get, yeah. I get a little confused. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. $11,600 are in the pot. <laughs> yeah. After the sure. limp three bet by Brick under the gun with Ace of Spades, Queen of Clubs, uh, Nick, Nick and Brick, they rhyme, but Nick is the guy with Ace Jack of Clubs who has called the raise. Mm-hmm. Flop is King of Clubs, Deuce of Clubs, Five of Hearts. Good flop for Nick. He flops the nut flush draw. Yes. Brick flops a couple back doors, but it's really not the flop you were looking for with Ace mm-hmm. Queen in a bloated pot. Yeah. Is it a bet for Brick? Yes. Yeah. You have Absolutely. aces, you have kings, you have ace-king. Your opponent doesn't have as many of those hands. Also, that board is relatively dry, right? King, five, deuce, two clubs. Like, we get a lot of folds, which we'd be thrilled to get with our frickin' ace-queen, right? Yeah. Even though, like, maybe some of the hands are the same as ours. Maybe some of the hands are, like, we even have dominated. But if we miss the turn, which we're going to do a lot of the time, yeah. uh, like, and we check... Like, our opponent's going to bet, and we're going to have to fold a lot, right? Like, we, ju- we just want to... We don't want to be bluff-catching with this hand, I don't think, right now. I think we just want to try and win the pot. Yep. Yep, I think that's right. Yeah. And that's got to be what you should do. 11600 in the pot. What do you think is the amount we need to bet to fold out the relevant parts of Nick's range that are on the border? Or are there parts on the border? This is the question. Like, we're not folding out pocket 10s with one bet, yeah. I don't think. So let's not try. Are we folding out pocket 7s, 6s? Maybe sixes and sevens if we size it. If we bet like eight thousand, yeah. So are we are we attacking that, or are we attacking like the queen jack suiteds of the world? Queen I don't know suited, how how, how frequently are those hands going to actually raise the button. I guess we don't know anything about Nick. It's hard to say because they, they might be. They might. It's be pretty nice the when the under the gun guy limps and you don't think you have fold equity to be able to limp in half position on the table with one of those hands. Yeah, but remember, you like talking about how like having the initiative, you just win so much. That is right? true. So like you raise your jack ten suited, you get the one call. Your head's up. You bet the flop. You win most of the time. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like so, there's a lot of value there. So I would think there's going to be some of those. I mean, king-queen, of course, is part of that, and king-jack suited is part of that. Yeah. Maybe even king-ten suited, but not too many kings. Yeah. Maybe ace, Maybe even ace-king can be there, but not too We, we have more. We have better. Yeah. Um, maybe we don't have more kings, I should say, but we have better kings, more uh, as makes up a bigger part of a range, plus, of course, sets of kings and aces and, and the like. Yeah, um, it seems to me like we shouldn't be trying to push around the margins. We should probably so. choose a size that works for us. So we should go small. Yeah. I think that's right. So if there's 11.6 in there, we could probably bet 4,000. Hmm. Brick goes 4,500. That seems fine. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're saying he's an amateur, but this is not really amateur sizing. No, I like the sizing. I like the sizing. All right. As Nick, how do you approach this? I think, okay, we're in position. Um, I think we should mostly call here. I agree. I think there's multiple reasons for that. Yes. One is that Brick has a range advantage. Yes. And he certainly has those hands in his range, ace-king, kings, aces, hands that will not fold to a raise. And, of course, something we always say is when you have a draw and you raise, part of the deal is you need fold equity to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick does have fold equity, obviously, against some of Brick's range, but not enough against this range 
to justify it. And I don't know if this matters against a guy like Brick or not, but we should also be thinking from Nick's point of view about what are we repping? What value are we repping? And exactly. the only value we're repping here is pocket fives and pocket deuces. Yeah, and a slow play pocket kings. Sure. Because we're not going to... We're not going to raise ace-king here. No chance we're raising ace-king here. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but almost never. What, what value do we get out of... Like, we're, cool, we can get queens to fold. Like, what are we hoping for? I mean, right? if Brick has king-queen, we can get called. Right, know? but we can get three streets from that anyway. We're in position. Yeah. Like, it's hard to get four streets from king-queen even. Like, maybe we can, but it's hard. So it just feels like a pretty natural call, especially because we're in position, right? Because mm-hmm. that means, like, every time Brick checks the turn, we can bluff. Yep. Right. And by the way, we could also still raise the turn if we want. You know, mm-hmm. even if he bets himself, that's up to us. But and depending on a lot of factors, what the turn card is, how much he bets, etc. But it just doesn't seem like there's enough value here. I would really want the board to be closer to like King Ten Nine. That feels like there's a lot more hands we can have that are very strong. Sure. Right. We have sets. We've got the straight. We have some two pairs. Right. With King Ten suited, we've got uh, Ten Nine suited. So you mean King Ten Nine with two clubs? Oh, yes, that's yeah. what I mean. That, that feels like a much... Also, then we flopped a monster, of right. course, too. So that's another, that's another reason about which I wasn't even thinking about. I just mean, like, we can rep a lot more. Or, or like five, board. six, seven with two clubs. Even. Yeah, because we can have the set. We have a lot more of the sets yeah. there, right? And probably we have eight, nine a lot more than he does. Yeah. We would assume. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, all these factors lead to a call being the right play. Yep. And, now, you know, we're getting a good price anyway. That's fine. Those things are theoretically correct, Mm -hmm. but if we know something about Brick and know he limped three bets under the gun all the time and has an infinite C-betting range, then it might be more profitable to raise anyway. It might be, but as long as we don't think he's going to triple barrel, we'll have opportunities to bluff if we don't improve. Yeah. So it's okay, even even if that's the case. But yeah, infinite infinite C-betting, infinite... limp re-raise and then infinite C-betting range, some, some version of that, some combination of those things makes a raise a little bit more interesting, I yeah. will say. But still, mostly, I, I think I like a call even with everything we know about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what Nick does. Makes yeah. the call. $20,600 in the pot now. Okay. Board is king of clubs, deuce of clubs, five of hearts. Brick has ace queen with one club, the queen of clubs, and Nick has ace jack of clubs. The turn is the eight of diamonds, which almost never interacts with either player's range. I guess either of them could have pocket eights, Yes, but it's not a huge Percentage of the range. That's kind of it, though, right? Yeah. It's just pocket eights. Unless Brick is doing this with, like, king eight or something. I, I mean, guess it's possible, but there's no real reason to think that's happening. Yeah. I guess ace eight would have improved had yeah. Brick done this. Yeah, okay, he can have ace eight. Yeah. Um, I guess Nick can have ace eight of clubs, exactly. Yeah. But not. it doesn't come up much. I guess six, seven of clubs now turns open-ended. Mm, yeah. There's a little bit of stuff, but not much. Yep. All right. As Brick, do you feel like continuing... Boy, um, we got called once. We did bet small. We That's did. good. We have the queen of clubs in our hands, so there aren't as many obvious flush draws that are going to yeah, be so here. We can eliminate a lot of the range having gotten called. Like, so, Yeah, it feels like we're up against king jack a lot, right? King jack suited? King jack, king queen. I know we block king queen, yeah. but we certainly could be up against king queen. Sometimes ace king. Yeah, which we block also. And then pocket pairs, like sixes plus. Yes. Um, sixes all the way up to, I think, Maybe even queens. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But when you limp re-raise from under the gun, queens, does queens really want to put in a four bet that often until no. they know that you're, you're a bit of a live wire? I don't think they do. They're up against ranges that are either going to insta-fold or insta-jam on them, right? I don't know. This makes me not hate betting the more we talk about this. If yeah. we think all of those pocket pairs are here. I think, I think they might be, and I think it's going to be really hard to call a second time. Yeah, unless he has pocket eights, which, of course, will not be folding. Of course, but um, like sixes and sevens, Probably are auto folding yeah. to any real bet. 
Nines, tens, jacks, queens aren't loving it, and they may They're fold folding. too. They're folding. Most Any real bet, right? It's yeah. like that's pretty good. Six to sevens, nines, tens, jacks, and queens. We have ace queen. We block king queen. We block ace king. He might sometimes four bet ace king pre. I don't know if he really is, but we could talk ourselves into maybe sometimes. I think this is probably going to work if we bet like right. most of the time. So there's 36 combos that are probably going to fold of those pocket pairs that got here. Um, of the combos that are going to call, mm-hmm. we could we could assume like with a grain of salt, pocket eights is there. We could say that. Yes. Um, that's three combos. King queen off is probably there. Sure. So that's nine combos from our perspective. Right. Where we have the queen. Ace king off. Are we giving him? I think all we should give him. So that's uh, let's give them all of them. I don't know yeah. if we should. We probably shouldn't, but let's give them all. Anyway. All right. So we're 21 combos total there. And then King Jack suited, perhaps? Yeah, sure. So there's three combos of that. Yeah. Um, so that King 10 suited, same thing. Yeah, another three combos. Okay. So that's 26 combos that are going to call. We could give him maybe some slow-played sets on the flop, too. Like, pocket fives may not raise the flop. Okay. But, okay, that's yeah. three more. Yeah. So, so, like, there's a lot more hands we're going to fold out, is your point, right? Yeah. Than hands that are going to call. And we're not going to bet more than pot, so nope. we're going to be giving ourselves a great price to fold out that range, so we should bet. Yep. By the way... Hands like King-10 suited, which we're saying are going to call. They might consider This is folding. a lot of pressure to put on them when we think about the range that's limpery raising yeah. going bet, bet yep, on this board. You're right. Even if, even if they think they should call, they might not. I mean, Ace-King is not folding for sure, and King-Queen probably has to hold on, but does not love it at all and doesn't know what it's doing on the river yet. It's probably like, well, we're going to have to figure it out. I hope it doesn't bet the river, right? Yeah. I mean, that's where you are. And, if we, and the amount that folds out, all of those hands that we said are going to fold out, is probably something like... 55-plus percentage of the, of the pot is going to fold out most of that range? Um, yeah, I think we're supposed to size it up because of the clubs. Like, we're supposed to look yeah. like we're sizing Maybe like 14,000 or something. In the yeah, something like that. I think twelve anywhere between 12 and 14 is pretty good. So we're giving ourselves an incredible price against that range. Exactly. If, the, if the range actually divides in the way that we said, mm-hmm. we're, like, we just bet less than 120% of the pot, and we're right. doing great. We're doing great. We're printing money. Yeah. Sounds like a great deal. We could even go as high, We could go 15, even 16,000. I think that's reasonable, too. Like 75% of the pot. Yeah. All of that's good. It's all should, it all should like fold out pocket tens most of the time. Right. Unless we know this guy's super sticky, then we probably shouldn't be doing any of this. But if we don't think he's super sticky, this is like if he's a rando, we don't know anything about him even. I think this is a good second barrel. Yep. I agree. One problem is that we block clubs, but that's not a huge deal at this point. I mean, in some ways, maybe that's good because we're, tar- we're not even, we didn't even talk about clubs yeah. as something to target. We just are targeting made hands. Yeah. If he happens to have clubs and folds those, great. Yeah. That's true. That's true. All right. So by hook or by crook, Brick basically does what we want him to do. Yeah. He bets 11200 to 20600 I guess we would want it to be a little bigger We'd to like it. Yeah. ensure the folds out of the tens, Jackson Queens. But still, still bad. pretty good. So actually, post-flop, I'm kind of liking what Brick is doing so far. Yeah. I've, both times, his sizing feels like... Actually, the first, on the flop, his sizing actually really like. Yeah. I, I mostly like what's going on here, too. I, I really do. I give this like a solid 94% or something like on that. On Metacritic? On... Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Come on. All right. Um, but still, no. This, I, yeah. Overall, I like what he's doing. Yeah, I do too. So good good bet by Brick, we think. Um, it's hard to tell. Like the, I always go back to the preflop thing where he did the string raise, and I'm like, so exactly. this is just like accidental that it's working out for him. That, uh, But maybe it's not. Maybe he really knows what he's doing. It's possible that we've miscategorized this guy because of the string raise. Maybe he is an online guy, you know? I mean, I just don't think an online guy's limp three three betting preflop to 5,400. Yeah, 15 it seems, open against the yeah, button. I just don't think so. That's fair. But um, 
Okay, and counterpoint, by the way, while he's doing the sizing correctly, at least pretty close to it, right? You know, you play enough of these things, like you see what other people do, yeah. and it's easy to sort of copy. Well, on the flop, I can once once the three bets happen, you bet less than the three mm-hmm. bet. You learn about down betting, and on the turn, you bet a little more than half the pot. You know, and like here we are. It's possible he's just doing what he's seen, but but maybe not too. I'm not saying that's what's going on, but that string raise really does like pull me down. It colors the analysis. It's hard for it not to. Yeah. Um, anyway, as Nick, what do you want to do here? What do we want to do? So there's. 30, basically 32K in the pot. It's 11K to call, give or take, right? 11-2 to call, 31-8 so in the pot. Yeah, so it's effectively 3-1. to one. Right. So we, we're not getting the correct immediate odds to draw to our flush. If we think our ace is good, which it's reasonable to think our ace is good at least some of the time. Yeah. Although, is it? Now that I think about it, we're up against hands that are value against us that bet a second time. Isn't that a lot of ace-king, aces, pocket kings yeah. for value? Yeah. Like pocket queens often is checking the turn, right? Yeah. Like, they don't need to bluff. There's right. no reason to bluff. They're so I guess if, I mean, if our ace is good, we are getting the correct immediate odds, barely, but... I'm not sure it's good. And if it, if he, if he's bluffing himself, then we're often ahead, because we're only... The only hand that's problematic for us now is ace-queen exactly, which he has, but, like, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily think that's the hand he's doing this with, as we were saying, right. right? We think he's got better and worse. All right, so immediate odds, though, seem like not a good enough reason to call. No. Um, so, so that means raise or fold feel like the better options. We are in position, so we're more apt to get value if we get there on the river, which, point, which gives us a little bit more yeah. room to call. So that, that means we would have to have implied odds. Yes. Which I guess that depends a lot on Brick. I mean, clubs, I, if Brick is doing a distribution-based strategy, he's going to have to call with some hands that are weaker than flushes if a club comes and Absolutely. he checks. Absolutely. So, well, so there are some implied odds. Also, if a club comes and Brick checks... We could be betting value that doesn't have to only be clubs, right? We could, if we have a set, yeah, we could bet that, right? Now that's so. mostly <laughs> going to have to fold unless he has pocket kings, yeah. right? But if we make the nut flush and he has pocket kings, we're going to get paid. Um, I think. I yeah. think. I think he's not folding a set, but there's only really only pocket kings yeah. there, so I don't know. Maybe if it's ace king with the. Oh no, we have the ace of clubs in our hand. He can, mm-hmm. uh, king queen with the queen of clubs, maybe he can call. I don't know. Not too much. Yeah. This is a reason to raise, though, right? Yeah. That's your point. Like, we, have, we don't get paid as much then, which means we want to win more now. The other option is to fold, of course. Right. That which feels is, incorrect. It does. It feels really nitty. Yeah. But should it be off the table? I mean, I feel like a lot of players feel like they get a little bit, like, chest beady. Like, I, gotta, I, I can't let them push me around when I have this hand. Yeah. But if, if we forego the implied odds, which may or may not be there, yeah. folding would not be a horrible option here. It can't be that bad to fold, but we're deep. We're deep enough. Like we don't have to get a huge amount of value on the river for this to have for this to work out, right? Yeah. We need to get like twenty k out of him on the river, basically. Not even. No, not even. Not even ten k. We need to get ten k. Feels like if he's got aces, we might be able to get ten k out of him. You know? yeah. No, we we'll probably won't bet ten k. But on but in terms of an expected value, I would think we can get that much implied odds at least. So you think I, I, I'm, I think our we expected value was, yeah. So the way to calculate our implied odds are not to do it by each individual scenario. It's like to come up with a, an admittedly subjective expected value on the river if a club comes. Yeah, and if we think this guy's a little bit more amateurish, which we have every reason to believe, if we're Nick, yeah, for sure, right? We might be like, oh, he's got like even though I have an ace in my hand, he has a lot of pocket aces here. Yeah, and if he's an amateur, he may not fold. He may not even see the flush. If he sees the flush. He may not care, you yeah. know, because he's got pocket aces. So, of course, you can't fold. If you think anything along those lines is going on, ace-king would be the same thing, by mm-hmm. the way, then I think we cannot fold, right? Because now the implied odds are strongly there again. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. This guy may not be able to fold queens, you might be thinking, because of, you know, you just think like, what, what, what do you always like to call it that, you, that I used to call it? Entitlement tilt? That's what it is. Yeah. Entitlement tilt. Right. So that could be going effect. He may, maybe it won't be tilt, but it would be entitlement. Yeah. You know, uh, I have such a good hand. Right. I have queens. I can't fold queens. And that's it. So if we think that's possible at all, that's another reason, though, to, uh, to not fold, at least. Yeah. And the question is, do we want to raise or do we want to call? We don't get there that often. No. This is, of course, the problem. No, 20%. If our ace is good, we get there a little, we get there a little more. But yeah. it's 25%. I mean, it's not that great. It's not great. So reasonable arguments can be made for all three options, actually, in Nick's, in Nick's yeah. seat. Um, what do you prefer? Boy, you sure hate to raise and get blown off the hand. You hate to raise and get jammed. That feels like just such a horrible, yeah. horrible spot. And I think we would have to fold if we get jammed on, unless we make it the raise so big we're effectively jamming ourselves, which I don't love. If we raise, is it a good enough representation of value to sometimes fold out hands that are like slight value for brick? You know, like queens. Yeah. Yes, I think I think if we raise and he's got queens, he's going to fold. But we're never going to fold out king queen plus. I don't know if we can fold out king queen plus. I'm wondering. Yeah. Like queens shouldn't really be betting. Yeah. That doesn't mean they aren't, but they shouldn't be. King-queen can bet. Mm-hmm. Ace-king can bet. You get raised here. I mean, it's not great to get raised here if you're those hands, right? You don't love it. You're like, I can only be clubs. Yeah, Nick is basically repping, though, if he raises a set of eights. Um, yes. Or a slow-played deuces or fives, which you would really think he would raise based on our analysis of Brick's range on the flop. That's, that's probably right. But sometimes maybe he calls with those to make sure a second barrel goes in because he's in position. Yeah. Right? Make sure a club doesn't come off. You know, some people do that, too. Sure. Um, but it feels like eights is the main story you're telling. I agree. And that's only three, three outs. Yeah. You know who would love this play? Ludacris. Oh, yeah. There's one hand I'm repping. Yeah. One hand, I say. It's actually a pretty easy fold for you. That's what he said to the guy after. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Pocket nines, man. Anyway. Um, so so I, I, don't, I don't feel like we're repping that much. There's no, two pairs, there's no two pair combos to be had. I mean, unless we somehow have a really weird... King eight suited, of which there's only two combos of anyway, and it seems hard to believe we yes, have Yes, it. it does. I don't think we're calling that the raise preflop, no. the three bet, unless we're crazy. And if we are, this guy's going to get all our money anyway. Yeah. So whatever. Um, so the fact that we can't really rep a lot of value makes me want to lean towards calling more than raising. And I just think, based on everything we know about brick, we can get some value on the river. Okay. So I want to call, even though I'm not sure if that's actually the best play. Well, if Brick is actually the amateur that you think he is, then our story doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. So meaning we can raise more? Yeah. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. It's hard to know. I mean, I think either raising or calling is fine. I actually think folding in some scenarios, if you make a certain assessment about a player, is actually fine, too. I mean, if Brick sizes it up more, I think a fold becomes a lot more of a reasonable thing. If he makes it 16,000 instead of 11,2, now we can really consider folding. Yeah. But... 11-2 11-2 is just, like, pretty It's pretty good, yep. man. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. Calling is fine, and that's what Nick does. Okay. 43,000 in the pot. Yes. The board reads king of clubs, deuce of clubs, five of hearts, eight of diamonds. The river is the nine of hearts. So okay. it's a brick for brick and for Nick. Yeah. Right. Because brick has ace queen, and Nick has ace jack of clubs for a, a busted flush draw. Okay. So does this nine interact with either player's range at all? I think so. I think especially Nick can have pocket nines. You think he calls the turn? Oh, right. The whole point was to fold out. Yeah, I don't think he calls the turn with pocket nines. Maybe you're right. 
Well, geez, if he can't have that, then no. <laughs> he can have eight, nine of clubs, exactly. Right. That, that's something. That's yes. it. Yes. Yes, you could have eight, nine of clubs, which he raised pre-flop, which you'd often possible, though. see a limp with. But so. it's possible. Yeah. So like half a combo. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. So Nick, I mean, but it's not necessarily a good thing for Brick because Nick did choose to call the turn, which the, I mean, the range we put him on was like king 10 suited plus. It feels like a king most of the yeah. time, right? Yeah. It does. So the question for Brick would be, can I get a king to fold? Because that would be the main reason to bet, is to fold out a king. Wouldn't you think you could get a king to fold? I would think we could fold out all kings except ace-king if we bet really big on the river. Yeah, like 30-ish K into 43? Yeah, something like that. That seems like a good idea. Yeah, I think so, too. We have ace-queen, so we block king-queen. We block ace-king. Yeah. We kind of have... We kind of have a, maybe the best bluffing hand right, in the we, world. We block the better kings, and we don't block king jack. Yeah, and king or ten. King ten. And those are the hands that are gonna fold, I think. Yeah. And the king queen might fold, and ace king. I gotta believe is gonna call. I do too. So, but blocking that, and ace king didn't four bet pre. Not that it always will, but maybe it will sometimes. This feels like a let's go for it. Let's pull the trigger, man. Well, we, we got pocket kings. Let's do this. We do have the queen of clubs in our hand though, which is bad. We block his missed flush draws. Um. Yeah, okay, that's true, but we're not targeting that if we bet 30,000. If we if we're targeting these missed we would, we would love we would love for those to be there though. Sure. Okay, cuz that's more yeah, folds. It's, yeah. It's just it's just a general bad thing for betting in general as a bluff is to like Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But we do block the best kings and that feels like more important to me than blocking the missed flush draws when he goes call call. Yeah. And we bet reasonably big on the turn. We bet more than half. Yeah, I think I think this should be a bet. Yeah, I think if we bet 30,000 can you imagine sitting there with King Queen and he will limpery raised and went bet bet bet? I mean, I've been in that scenario before, it's and horrible. I think I it's it's usually just a player dependent decision. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we know this guy doesn't know what he's doing, or we think he's spewing, we ha- we have to call. Otherwise, we mostly should fold, right? Yeah. Like mostly we're beat. Yeah, I like a bet for Brick. I, I like it good. too. Brick checks though. Okay. He finally does something post flop that we didn't like. Yeah. Okay, but I understand in the moment if you if you haven't like thought about all this stuff if you're not aware of blockers like. I can understand checking. All right. As Nick. Yeah. Do we bluff? It seems like we should strongly consider bluffing here. Let's think about what we're trying to get to fold, though. Right. What are Brick's hands that are better than ace-jack suited, which is just ace-jack high, that he takes this line with, checking on the river here? I don't think we're mostly targeting ace-queen. We wouldn't really think ace-queen's going to be here too often because of the limpery race preflop, right? Um, Would ace-king not bet the river? The only reason for Ace King not to bet the river is to induce. Right. So that's not good. That's not good. Um, pocket Aces would be the same thing if it doesn't bet. Mm-hmm. I think Pocket Aces is betting, though, trying to get value from the Kings. Yeah. They don't have to bet huge, but I, I expect they would bet. Yep. Um, we got to put them on being kind of an amateur and having something like Queens or Jacks. Exactly. That's what we have to go after. And then they like, you put them in that thing where they make the, you make the bet and they make the face of like, oh. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to eventually fold. Um, is there anything else they can have? We have the clubs in our hand. It's really yeah. hard for him to have that. I mean, part of me wants to go for it because we called the turn, and part of the value of calling the turn is that sometimes we can bluff the river because we're in position, like we get to use that. But that is, I know that's not great logic, saying, well, we should do this now because we did that then. No. Right? Like, and that wasn't really even that discussed. Wasn't part of the plan. We didn't even really discuss that. I know, that. I know. But that's, all, that's sort of a little bit baked in, a little bit. But mostly, but, but I agree with you. It wasn't, like, it wasn't forefront as, part, as any part of the plan. Mm-hmm. We, by the way, we do beat 
his some weird stuff if he has weird stuff at all. Like if you think he can have ace queen, he can also maybe have ace ten. You know, maybe he can have other weird aces okay. that we beat. So maybe so we, can, we maybe we check back and win a little bit, not much. It's true. We could we could sometimes win. There's forty three k in the pot. If we bet a sizable amount, which we'd have to do, if we bet, we have to bet big. Yeah. Can we get him to fold? What are we successfully folding out? Let me I mean, we have way. to really think that he's betting the turn with pocket pairs between the king and right. the eight. Right. Because otherwise, he's just going to call. He's calling king, queen, right? Yeah. He has to go. We, he, we, we have to fold king, queen maybe if he bets, but yeah. he has to call it if we bet because he only loses to ace, king in a weird set. That's yeah, it. I think we would be targeting queens, jacks, and tens. Yeah. We block jacks. He's not supposed to have those things. I think, it's, I think we're supposed to just check and, right. and give up and hope I, we win. I think you're right. We, we assume we almost always lose. But we just, we like, if we wanted to win this pot, we had to raise on the turn, I guess. Yeah. We gave ourselves a chance to get there relatively cheap. That's the path we chose. We're here. We probably can't get them to fold. Turns out, by the way, Brick has maybe the best hand in the world to bluff from our point of view. But what are you going to do? Well, he's going to go for it. Nick is lucky he didn't listen to us because he's going to bet 30K. And of course, it's got to work against Ace Queen. Brick Brick has Ace Queen. Good news. Brick calls. Brick calls. He called with Ace Queen. He calls. Relatively quickly, it's like not, a minute. It takes a little time, but it's not a lot of time. He calls thirty thousand dollars. By the way, Nick bets thirty thousand to forty three. Brick calls thirty k. Okay, let's talk about it. All right. First, I want to talk about that. Brick has the queen of clubs in his hand. Yep. That's a that's a big reason to fold. Yes. Because if you're winning, it's because Nick has a busted flush draw. You would think. I don't see what else you're beating. What I else? Can't, you... No, I can't think of anything else. It's got to be the bus of flush draw. Right. Or some weird air flow, double float, which I would never expect some, someone to The only worst thing would be to have two clubs in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But ha- So having any clubs, though, is a problem. Yep. Um, the queen of clubs is probably better to have than the ace of clubs because Nick raised preflop. But it's the second worst club to have. Yes, it is. Except that we block king queen a little bit. That's good. Is Nick going to go for value with King Queen on the river? I don't know if he'd go for 30K worth of value. I don't think he would. He, he might bet if we check. But he did bet 30K. Yes. So that, that's, that's a good point. What are you living on Earth 1.0 right so, now? So what do we think? So what is Nick repping? Is he repping Ace King Plus? Yeah, that's the next piece of it. Um, and I think yes. I think he's repping. I think you have to bet Ace King, even yep. if it feels like you usually can't get called by worse hands. You, you figure... There's like I guess pocket aces could be out there, but like you block it and like come on, let's get value from yeah. some of the from a worse king or whatever. Let's so the, so ultimately, why brick calls might be this: it's that Nick doesn't really have pocket aces in his range too frequently. No. Maybe maybe very rarely he does. Very rarely he doesn't have sets in his range too frequently because either he had to slow play it on the flop or the turn yep. to have a set. Yep, because uh, he doesn't have nines. Right, we we, we don't are think assuming does. he's going to fold nines on the turn. Yep. So he's only got ace king and a very rare set. Right, and those ace kings are not always there because they are sometimes going to four bet preflop. I mean, and as brick, we block ace king. I guess it's possible that Nick could have king nine suited a little bit, but there's only two combos of that. Yeah, that's more likely than king eight suited by a fair amount. I don't know if he can have any of it, but it's at least possible. Okay, that could be one thing that he could have, but, but it seems very unlikely. There's only two combos anyway, even if he has all. And of them. what do we give him? One tenth of those combos in reality? Not a lot. Yeah, maybe, maybe zero, maybe yeah, maybe a quarter of one. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's it's a marginal amount at best. Yeah, negligible. I would. Even so say. that's that's an argument in favor of making a call. It, yes, it's, it's that Nick's story includes very few value combos. It does. We actually block Ace King. Yeah. So now we're down to there's less value of there's. I think you already said there's nine combos of ace-king, right? I didn't say that. You didn't? I well, didn't. There, there is, though, yeah. right? 
There's still yeah. there, there are whether you said it or not. There's yeah. nine combos of Ace King. I mean, before like way earlier in the podcast, didn't you say there was nine combos of Ace King? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, there's there are nine combos of Ace King. There's three combos of eights, which he has to have not raised on the turn. But okay, nine combos of Ace King, which he has to have not four bet preflop. Yep. Um, he's got to have pocket. There's three combos of pocket fives, which he has to have not raised on the flop or the turn, and have raised and called preflop. Yep. Same thing with deuces. Yeah. The deuces and fives seem pretty unlikely. Yep. You figure they're going to not play it that way preflop or raise by the turn most of the time. The eights are a lot more likely because there's only one card to come on the turn. You could see slow playing being a bit more profitable there or less scary at least. You could, but often you're going to raise that on the turn. You are. But not always. Not always. Okay, so three combos of eights, nine combos of ace king, which most of which are not here this way. Well, maybe. It's hard to know. I think... Ace King, out of we can give here. at least six of the Ace King yeah, combos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, and maybe they're all here. Even. Yeah. It's possible. But, but still. Not many of the eights, though. Okay, and then, and okay, what are the bluffs? It's really just clubs. Yeah. So what clubs are here that, that, that could be bluffs? Jack-10 suited. That's one. I mean, it's... Queen-Jack suited. Any Ace-X suited, I think. We, oh, right. He's got the... the I, I forgot. We don't have the Ace of clubs. Yeah. He does. Oh, well, now there's a lot more. Ace, yeah, Ace-X suited actually fits perfectly, right? Yeah. Well, you know what would suck, though, is if he had, like, Ace-5 of clubs and thought he had to turn into a bluff. That would really suck. Yeah. Not impossible. Yeah. Um, he's trying to fold out the same, <laughs> same range, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. But Ace-3 of clubs, Ace-4 of clubs, Ace-6 of clubs, Ace-7 of clubs, Ace-10 of clubs, Ace-Jack of clubs, Queen-Jack of clubs, Jack-10 of clubs. Those are all pretty straightforward. Not Queen-Jack. We have the Queen of clubs. You're right. Sorry. So just Jack-10 of clubs. Yeah. Also, that's still like around 10 combos or something, right? Which yeah. is enough from a math point of view to make this call. We might have heard from the ace three and ace four of clubs on the flop. We also might have heard from all these nut flush draws up by the turn. Yeah. In fact, we debated it pretty heavily, yeah. right? So we can't give them all the combos. No, we can't. We get, I guess we could give them half, but I don't even know if we should give them So there's half. not really that many bluff combos either. No, there's maybe five or right. four. So there's fewer bluff combos than value combos, but that's okay. Right when you're doing the math on on what the price is, yep. it's like if it's if it's five to ten, it's still fine. Yep, we're getting significantly better than two to one. We are. We yeah. are. So that that means it's fine. But you can use that and then choose parts of your range to call with. And this is probably not the part of your range to call with. We have the queen of clubs in our hand. Yeah, that's not great. We have better hands too. I mean, as you often like to say, one of the things that distribution does is it forces us to call higher up in our ranking of hands, yeah. which means the times when he turns ace five of clubs into a bluff, we get to win instead of lose. Yeah. Right? So, like, we call here, he's got the, he's got the five of clubs in his hand, we lose. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So this feels like we're probably supposed to fold this one, right? I think so. I think if we block a club, that's really bad. And it's possible that you could even, like, I don't want to go deep into it, but it's possible that if we had ace queen of diamonds, it would be better to call with than queens with a queen of clubs. Right. It's possible. Right. Maybe, maybe. But you can see how, queen, it's interesting enough, queens without a club in them have to pretty strongly consider calling based on the analysis yeah. we just did. Like, all those pocket pairs without a club in them probably have to call. We would have had to have gotten here with that, which yes. we feel like is not a great idea, but we don't know if Brick would do it or not. Right. Brick had to. Bet the turn. Yeah. That's the one thing. So ultimately, I can see why you could, you could reason out a call if you're yes. doing, doing your hand as like kind of blind to it and just saying, like, I beat all the bluffs and I lose all the value, and that means that I'm getting the right price against the combos that I came up with as brick. Yes. I can actually reason that out. But then if you actually look at your hand, you're like, oh, this is one of the worst combos. Mm-hmm. I should probably not use this one. Yeah. That, yeah. Seems, that seems like 
how you should probably do that it. That seems about right to me too. But you know, to Brick's credit, he does call, and I I can't I can't say I hate it when I when I think about it. I, you know, it's weird. I thought I was going to hate it. I was pretty sure I was going to hate it. Um, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it. So I, besides the pre-flop stuff, we're pretty okay with everything Brick did post-flop, except for checking the river. We wanted him to bet the river as a bluff. Um. Yes, that's true. I want to say one other thing, too, where we're talking about the Queen of Clubs being a problem and you don't want to have it in your hand. But, like, we remove the combos that the Queen of Clubs blocked. So when we're doing bluffs, like, those numbers are pure. Yeah. So it's like we know we didn't put Queen 10 and we didn't put Queen Jack in there. So like, That's true. So that's there's true. no loss there. Yeah. If, and if anything, we block King Queen with it. So maybe it's actually better. No, it's not. I mean, I'm saying having a queen is yeah. good. That's having what I'm trying to say. Having the queen specifically. It's not, no, you don't want to have the queen of clubs in your hand because you want yeah. there to be more club combos. Yeah. But when we remove them, that's all the same anyway. Yes, and now yes. once we're down to, if there's 10, 10 things of value and five bluffs, but we have the queen in our hand that blocks some of the king queen, which might bet. Right. I don't know if it would bet, but it might bet. Now, we, have ace, we also have the ace, which of course... One wrench to throw into this flowery analysis of the call yeah. is that in most cases, a player in Nick's position, without knowing anything about Nick, is going to choose to bet far more frequently with value than with bluffs. Like, we were advocating for Nick to check back and give up with his hand, right? We sure were. And also, I think they're going to raise a lot more on the flopper on the turn. Yeah. Like, then we were maybe even giving them credit right. for it. We were so like half. We gave, we gave too many true. combos to... to that's... The, I mean, are there really five combos of missed clubs here, or is it like two? Yeah. That's a fair question. Yeah. So, it really does come down to that a little bit. But still, this call is not nearly as, like... I thought Wretch. he was lighting money on fire. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I was going to be like, Bleh, that's really bad. But I, I'm actually, it's okay. There's it's, just, it's just Nick can't rep very much value. No, that's, that's the problem. It is. It is, and we have the nut nothing. So yeah. let's see what the solver says. Let's do it. Wesley Cannon, come on down. You've been chosen to solve this hand on the breakdown. Congratulations to Wesley. He has won a 2006 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> that does not work, it to does, be clear. Yeah, no, but it, it does have some ports in it that maybe you could plug a computer into, and then you could run Pi on that computer if, yeah. you, if the car had gas in it. You know, well, you're going to have to supply the gas. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't come with gas. Not these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what did the solver have to say? Uh, so on the flop... Brick should bet almost 100% of his range on this board. That makes plenty of sense. And sure. That's what he does. Um, Nick actually has a massive calling range of the range that got here, including all flush draws, and has no raises. Uh, Wesley says because he could get three bet. He would have raises if Brick had no option to three bet. So that's interesting. So basically, he could raise all in. Yeah. Besides that, he wouldn't really have any raises. Yeah. I guess, Even with starts. the nut flush draw, is just a call all the time. Interesting. Yeah. That's what Nick does. So good yeah. for him. Um, on the turn, when Brick's value thins up quite a bit, he can bet ace-king plus for value at this point. That's his value. Sure. Um, as far as bluffs, ace-queen is a split between betting and checking. His exact combo, the solver wants to bet 100% of the time, I imagine, because it has a club in it, and it, it blocks a lot of Nick's continues. Mm-hmm. That's that, that are worse yeah. than his. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nick's hand is a call. He's not supposed to raise. He's just supposed to call, even though... The price is not good for the immediate odds, as we discussed on the podcast. I wonder what the solver would have said if, if Brick had bet something like 15K. I, I know. I would love to know that, too. But uh, sadly, we put all this information out before we recorded the podcast and got to that point and realized that that would be a useful data point. Right. So we didn't ask for any yeah. help. So, I mean, one. the call is just probably based on minimum, minimum defense frequency and perhaps implied odds, because at this point, like we said, the immediate odds are not quite there. 
racetrack clubs. Yeah, but uh, you just don't have to get paid off that often, right? right? And if your opponent, in theory, because remember, the, the solver doesn't know this, but we know that, like, I guess if the solver doesn't know it, it doesn't matter, does it? Right. I wasn't talking about the three-bet preflop, but I guess it just doesn't matter. Let's go to the flashy, flashy river. Okay. All right. Um, Brick should check his exact hand, so I guess the solver sure. just wants him to give on up. That's fine. Um, he did check his exact hand. We were a little bit suspicious of Nick's bluff. The mm. solver's actually okay with it. Um, it's okay to bluff with this hand 44% of the time, so I guess that's within the norms of being okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Emotionally um, so. Emotionally yeah. speaking. Emotionally speaking, yeah. I, I feel okay about moving on with the day. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about the solver. The solver doesn't have emotions. Oh, see, that's where you're wrong. It only has emotions when it's plugged into the 06 Corolla and they have fused as a being. <laughs> and then it has love emotions. But exactly. Then the only thing it feels is love. Yeah. And, of course, and of course sadness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so Brick did a good job checking this hand. Sure. Um, and Nick supposed to bet 44% of the time. Uh, Ace-King is the weakest hand Nick should bet 100% of the time for value. So he can bet some weaker hands for value some of the time, but the slam dunk value starts at ace-king for Nick. Yep. Um, Brick should fold 100% of the time. That is not a surprise. No, it's not a shock. Especially considering that he blocks clubs with the queen of clubs. Um, his worst call should be queens with no club. He should call any combo with the king and even most 10-9 suiteds, which is not great for Nick's bluff that Brick is supposed to call with all those hands. That's, mm. That should make up a decent portion of his range, you would think. Yeah. It's always interesting to me. So they want him to call the 10-9 suiteds, but not like jacks with no club. Right. It's interesting. Jacks is a slightly better hand. Like you beat ace-10. That wouldn't be bluffing here, though, I guess. So ace-10 wouldn't be betting. But still, it's, it's just interesting to me that the way... I guess you want to block things more. You block a you, set with 10-9. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some two-pair combos. Yeah, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. Either way, Brick did a bad job, Uh-oh. according to the solver, even though, you know, he made a lot of money in the hand. Brick, he did a bad, bad thing. Brick, he did a bad, bad thing. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break. But I'm back to claim the throne. and going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.